Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That actually is pretty good. They can't tell. No, no. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Brian. Kevin. Kimberly. You're drinking? Kevin's drinking. Kevin's yeah, drinking. Sorry. <laughs> Have you been having fun listening to us week after week after week after week after week? We're done. After week. After week? Well, we want to invite you personally to see Broad Wasted Live at the Bell House in Brooklyn as a part of New York City Podfest with our special guest and future friend of the show. Future friend of the show. Friend of the show. Future. <laughs> Krista Rodriguez. Krista Rodriguez. Rodriguez. You may remember Krista from uh, NBC Smash, from the upcoming NBC show Trial and Error, or on Broadway in shows like In the Heights, First Date. Adam's Family, and both Spring Awakenings. So come check us out at the Bell House in Brooklyn on April 9th at 1 p.m. It is an 18-plus event, so make sure if you are under 21, you are staying safe. And if you are over 21, you have a Bloody Mary or five. <laughs> and you can get your tickets now um, on nycpodfest.com. Go to our Instagram at Broadwasted or our Twitter at Broadwasted. So come see us and get drunk with us. Join the happy hour, Broadwasted Live. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and the doctor is in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My new philosophy is that the Glee Club rehearsal on Beethoven Day will only consist of the kite, Schroeder, Snoopy, My Blanket, and me. And Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before I forget, uh, Kevin, the book report on the baseball game is due before supper time. Mm. Okay. Can oh, you no. do it? Can uh, you do it? Can you oh, do no. it? So, little known fact. <laughs> God. Being here with you always brings out pure happiness. Oh. Hashtag Peppermint Patty, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take over Twitter. <laughs> Joining us today are the usual members of the TEAM, including Kevin Bows Jager. Bows? <laughs> that was the only song left on the track. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Sorry, I'll take all the Actually, credit. it wasn't. I would, Kevin, you're a good man. Kevin Aww. Jager. Thanks, Brian. You're welcome. But I had to do bows first. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Kimberly, like woof, yeah. bows, bow wow. <laughs> Buzz your girlfriend, woof. woof. Um, Kimberly, our game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. Yes, hello. Stay safe. Yeah. 
And with us today is an actress and podcaster whose career has spanned the gamut. You may remember her from the Seinfeld episode, The Contest, yes. Damages, Failure to Launch, Friends with Kids, and Confessions of a Shopaholic, just to name a few. On Broadway, she appeared in The Last Night of Ballyhoo, Wrong Mountain, Jake's Women, and of course as Lucy in the memorable 1999 revival of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. You can also hear her weekly on her podcast, Little Known Facts. Let's give a big, broad-waisted welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the friend show. show. Ilana Levine. Woo! Hi, you guys. This is so exciting. Uh, we're excited <laughs> welcome. to have you. We're very happy to have and you. And that oh, yeah. is an incredibly impressive introduction. <laughs> that you managed to work an entire cast album. Oh, yes. Into he everybody. does it every week. I'm, I'm Every week I'm flabbergasted. He's amazing. Someone's oh, yeah. middle name should be like Reprise or something. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> um, well, you can follow Ilana on um, uh, social media at Ilana Levine. And that's on Twitter. Are you on Instagram? Yes. Yeah, so on Instagram and Facebook, it's Little Known Facts Podcast. Okay, it is. Okay. And Twitter is just at Alana Levine. Great. Um, and if you're not listening to Little Known Facts, you should be. She has fantastic guests, a lot of really good information and stories. Um, it'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh. Um, but you should subscribe to it on iTunes. It's excellent. Yeah. And yeah. if you like crying and laughing <laughs> at the same time. I do. <laughs> I do. Weekly. So let's just, let's get right into it. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are we drinking? Um, Cam, what are you drinking? <laughs> I brought with me a Cabernet Sauvignon. Ooh, um, it's fancy. a Horse Heaven Hills 2014 from Columbia Crest. I don't know. My dad bought it for me, and he has a Wine Spectator subscription, so mm-hmm. I think it's good. Cool. Yeah, I Do like it. Do you think it. it's good because you're drinking it and it tastes good, or because your dad... I mean, he u- he, he usually good. has good wine, but like this, I think this is actually good wine. It's not like four buck chuck. It's actually like decent red wine. I'm also drinking it, and I am enjoying it. It's it's a good wine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you're in which cup? Oh, I'm in the spring awakening cup. Great. I'm in the slap slap chop. No magic bullet. Why do you always say slap chop? What is what a is slap a sla- chop? It's a different infomercial, but it does oh, that, not make sense. Is that smoothies? the thing that like, kind of looks like a long Tupperware, but it has like, like yeah, knives in the top? It looks like a mason jar with a handle yeah, made of plastic. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. But yeah. you but you can like All the screw, kids are doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's, really <laughs> it's like a ma- it's a magic bullet cup. Yeah. So you can do magic bullet stuff. Yeah. Ooh, you can juice. And slice juice and dice and, and yeah. slice and dice and I got rid of the magic bullet though, so it doesn't actually go to anything anymore. So now just because now I have a pretty hot pink blender because I'm getting married. Ooh, did you <laughs> register for that? I did. Was Jay like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jay's very colorful. <laughs> Whenever you want, honey. Absolutely. <laughs> I think he requested blender. the hot pink. Yeah, it's like hot pink and kind of shiny. You know what's great about that? Like, you'll never lose it. That's no. true. <laughs> I actually haven't heard of a lot of people be like, God, I lost my blender today. <laughs> was it pink? Nope. Exactly. Is it, that one was mine. What's its name? Rizzo? Why, oh, it oh, doesn't have a name pink, yet. The pink blade. I get it. Pink, pink lady. The pink lady. Also an apple. Why has it got to be a lady? <laughs> yeah. Why has it got to be a lady? Well, I think it's Jan because it's making me milkshakes. Pink lady. Pink ladies are your favorite apples. Mm-hmm. They have oh, apples. So they're pink ladies. They're delicious. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. What's your favorite apple? A Granny Smith. Okay. When I was pregnant, I loved. I ate two things for nine months okay. only. For both children. Uh. I don't even remember the second one. <laughs> Maybe? Uh-huh. Yes. 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 For both children. Um, Granny Smith's and Life Cereal. Oh, really? Yeah. Together? No. Huh. But that cool. would be like the two things. It's so weird. Like, I haven't thought about that. That's funny. Since you mentioned Granny Smith. Huh. These are little known facts. I, beat me to it. Kev, what's your favorite? Uh, apple? 
Where the, aren't they called like Red Delicious? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah the boring ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, I'm a boring <laughs> apple eater. But and I won't eat it off the actual apple. You have to cut it up. Really? Like a child? Yeah, I, yep. Oh, see, I don't like... I'm very like weird about fruit. For a long time, I would only eat fruit that didn't have the word berry in it because I didn't like berries. But I've changed my way on that. I had my first strawberry at 25 and was like, oh, they're actually really good. What? Did you um, do that for love? I feel like anything I tried, like sushi as... Most people, if you don't grow up eating it, the first time you're like, that's disgusting. And, yeah. like, <laughs> and then you're on a date with someone, you're like, you're like oh my God, I love sushi. I did actually. I had, I had a so boyfriend that, at the time sure. that was like, you are not going any longer without eating a strawberry. Like, of course not. And then not. I was like, okay, oh, yeah. sure. Jay made me eat blueberries because yeah. I didn't think I liked blueberries. I don't know why I've always said really? no to strawberries. Why you're marrying him? Yeah. Did oh, you he's like got blueberries? me to eat a lot of things. Like, I like onions now. Uh-huh. Mm. You take a bite? No. But like, if they're cooked enough, I can eat an onion. Okay. Is that a good thing that, like, from a relationship, you start eating more onions? Like, <laughs> I don't know. He still kisses me. Do you know what, though? The things that are, like, adorable when you're dating. Like, remember how he used to eat onions? I thought, like, within five years, you're like, if he eats one oh, more yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to vomit. Mine is, I love wine saps. Okay. <laughs> Apples. Oh, we're still on apples. Why didn't get apples? Have we been? This is like forty-five minutes in, yeah, right? Great. Also, speaking of apples, <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking cider. Great in the cat's cup. In the cat's cup. Great, Kimberly. You are not drinking cider. Party. What are you actually drinking? I'm drinking cider. Cidre. Oh, sorry. Stella a trois cidre. Cidre. It's <laughs> a lot of languages spoken on this podcast. <laughs> no, we're we're yeah. multilingual. So I just want to share. Are any of you familiar with water? I've heard of it. It's delish. Yeah. I'm drinking the best glass of ice water. Bed so you don't feel bad in the morning, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm trying. I actually hate drinking water. And really? now I'm trying to drink. When I was doing uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown mm-hmm. with Anthony Rapp, yep. Anthony would drink like seven huge gallons of water during an entire show. Wow. Like he wow. was the most. He's the most hydrated actor in the business. <laughs> that is a secret that I'm going to share with all of you. He would rollerblade from the East Village, like rollerblade, where I'm dating myself. You kids probably don't even know what rollerblades are, but he would rollerblade from the East Village through like Times Square to the Ambassador Theater. He would then drink a gallon. And then literally by the time the show was over, he would have had like tons and tons of water. And I would have had like... One small, like the dollar water bottle that you get in the day. Like, it's not even Poland Spring. Like, it's right. labelless water. Um, Amazing. So I'm really trying to drink more water, and that is part of my uh, New Year's resolution. And so I am, I am I like really tempted to drink everything on this table, uh, but I'm having water in my dearest Jerry Mitchell's Kinky Boots. Yeah. Kinky Boots Club. Yes. Fantastic. Let's this was really time. fun. Thanks so much, you yeah. guys. <laughs> Before we talk about Charlie Brown, which I can't wait to talk about, mm-hmm. um, let's do What Have You Seen This Week? What Have You Seen This Week? I whispered it. That was good. Just um, funny. Let's, um, let's start with what you guys saw. Okay. Um, I got the opportunity to see uh, with Kimberly. We got a little date night. I was like, I was there. And, and we got to see uh, The View Upstairs. It's a new musical that is played downtown at... Um, Oh, the Lynn Redgrave Red Theater at the Culture, the Culture Project. Project. I love that space. Um, um, but they transformed it into the Upstairs Lounge, which was a gay bar in the 70s. Yeah, so the the, uh, the show The View Upstairs, it basically tells the story of, a, it's a true story about a bar in uh, New Orleans. Except for the time travel. Oh, well, there was time travel. It cannot travel be confirmed happened. if the time travel is <laughs> actually <true. laughs> happened or not. I can't stand for that. Um, but it was basically a true story about a gay bar that was... Um, 
set fire to. And uh, there were a lot of people. There were 125 people inside when it was set fire. And 32 people actually lost their lives from the fire. And the whole show is um, it's set in the bar. And you're sitting around spread out. Some of the audience members are at tables. And then the, the actors throughout the show, it's basically they're walking around you as if the whole place is the bar. So it feels very kind of like that immersive feel, but not overly immersive because it's like a full scripted show and it's a musical. So it's um, they break a new song and everything like that. But it kind of is that what they do in musicals? It is. Oh. Sometimes they sometimes <laughs> they do one? sing no. songs. Um, I I find it very very poignant. Um, it was a really powerful story. Um, I was sad to say that I didn't actually know the story before I walked into it. The performances were fantastic. Uh, the whole show is written by one person. Book music and lyrics are by Max Vernon. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think he did a really great job. He tells a really strong story. Um, the characters are very well thought out. And they show... You know, It's funny because there's a character that kind of goes through time. And so you get to see... Kind of? Well, he, he goes through he, time. He def goes through time. He goes so, from 2017. He <laughs> buys the building that come this on, bar Bows. was in. <laughs> like he buys this building that the bar was in, and he's this like fashion designer in 2017, just like, oh, I gotta tear this horrible place down, and then it like comes back to life. Back to the bar. So it's like, and I, they like. Oh, I read about him. this. This is in the French Quarter in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Yes. This, okay, okay. Yes. And so he goes back, and he is sort of like learning from the struggles of the community in the 70s and right. what he's like relating it to what he is going through now um that sounds devastating yeah, it was really beautiful yeah. and I, I think what what really struck me was a lot of these there are multiple kinds of these stories that have been told um i think the immersive experience kind of brought it a lot more home to me it was also interesting that even though time travel is like a a thing that's been done in a lot of different stories because of how they used it in this way we got to kind of see how um he kind of held up a very honest mirror to gay life in the 2017 era. But yeah, it was really fantastic. Yeah. Everybody should go oh, see it. Uh, shout out to the cast. Um, they're really fantastic. Uh, Frenchie Davis is in the show of American Idol fame. Holla. Uh, so Taylor good. Frey, Nathan Lee Graham. Taylor Frey was the hot one, right? Uh, yeah, Taylor <laughs> was the hot one. Um, yeah, it's Jeremy Pope is in it as the lead. He's the one who goes back in time. Um, it's just a really great story. It's it's yeah. Really I will say too that it's such in the beginning stages because it's in this really small space downtown. Yeah, I'm very interested to see where it goes because I think there's mm-hmm. still a part of the story that isn't as clear as it could be. You know, all of the problems yeah, yeah. that you see in something when it's new. We'll go around the table. I want to hear what everyone has to say about. When you see a brand new musical like The View Upstairs or if you saw, you know, um, Come From Away in Toronto or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, what are you looking for? One thing that you are looking for in a new musical that you personally want to pull from it? I mean, for me, it's always, does it stay with me? Mm-hmm. Right? Does the experience mm-hmm. linger? Do the songs linger mm-hmm. for me? Um, I mean, I never walk in with an expectation exactly the way you just described it, right, although it's such course. a great question. But I do think the ones I got to see Spring Awakening at the Atlantic uh-huh. before it moved to Broadway. This is a long time ago now. But I just remember everything about, you know, that was really a reinvention of something, the way it mm-hmm. was staged, the way it kind of took, you know, a, a classic play and sort of turned it on its ear, the way um, the music was so haunting and mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
it just was a really incredibly immersive theatrical experience. And that was an example of something that moved. And it didn't have the same intimacy as it did at the Atlantic, the, the Linda Gross Theater. But somehow when it, you were equally transported, but in a different way mm-hmm. when you saw it. But that cool. was kind of a magnificently staged, yeah, absolutely. But- beautiful, beautiful music. <clears throat> Um, and a collaboration between, you know, lyricist and, and composer yeah. and book writer. I mean, all of it was just kind of extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Kimberly? I don't, the first thing that came to mind was just honesty. Just if, like, if is it a story that needs to be told? Are they telling it in a way? And do the songs come bu- out honestly, too? Yes. And yeah. are the songs the, coming the out of... The fluidity of spoken yeah. word and stuff. And you'll see that, like, especially with, like, new musicals that then transfer and you see what has changed. Like a lot of times it's like the book leading into a song or a song is cut, not because it was bad, but because it just didn't actually make sense. Like I saw next to normal mm-hmm. at second yeah. stage Gorgeous. and that Costco number and mm, yeah, yeah. feeling electric, which were really fun. But then when I saw it on Broadway and those were gone, I was like, Oh, but I understand the story better. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that was exciting for me. It's just, uh, I never go in with expectations, like Alana said, but I can't help it as a writer. I go in and immediately my brain is going to like a thousand mile a minute, like kind of dissecting what's happening on stage. So for me, what I'm really looking for is a show that turns my brain off, like not in a bad way, but I mean, like stops me from thinking about how it was constructed and just like sweeps me up into the show. So I'm just like following the story. There's been like a couple shows I've seen um, even recently that have done that, that I think it's really just, that's what I need. It's just somebody who can like get me out of my own head as a writer and just make me like follow your journey. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, I was going to say, I want, I just want to be transported, whether it's the story that does it or like multiple songs that do it. I just want that moment of all of a sudden the audience goes away and it's just me and those people on stage. Like, in that connection. Like you're Lorelai Gilmore in the audience and it's just Sutton singing right to you. Why does Gilmore Girls always come up? That's, Why do you know that was the example happen? I was Because you make fun of me every time I bring up Gilmore Girls. Why does Gilmore Girls, Girls always happen? Um, <laughs> but let's, let's talk about the opposite of a new musical. Let's talk about a revival of an incredibly popular musical, which many of us in this room have seen. Um, the new revival of Sunday in the Park with George. Uh, Alana, I know that you saw it. What were, what were yeah, your impressions I, of the show? I found myself uh, so magically with a ticket to opening night. And I... Fancy. I am so fancy. <laughs> in so, the newest old theater, In too. the newest old theater. So let me just tell you the craziness. So Frank DeLella of New York won yeah. fame mm-hmm. um, for your New York audiences. Or, mm-hmm. or actually his onstage show, I think, is a national across America. Maybe even if your listener isn't in New York, they would oh, know who Frank DeLella name. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frank DeLella. So Frank is an old friend of mine, and oh. often I get to be his plus one at opening nights, which nice. is... A thrill. Yeah. And for some reason, and I don't, neither Frank or I understand how this happened, but we were, and he wasn't working, you know, often he's like doing the red carpet, so right, I like, right. you know, but for, for whatever reason, he was just seeing the show and then he was going to interview people at the party afterwards. So we walk into the theater and I feel like the ushers like open the house and then someone was like, don't open the house yet. So we walk in mm-hmm. and and then it's just <laughs> us. Moonlight. Beatty, You're going to watch right? Moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand, understand what's happening. And, and he and I are walking to our seat and all of a sudden um, the door, the door that takes you backstage opens up and um, Mr. Stephen Sondheim walks out what? into the theater oh. from the little, like, sneaky, you know, back doorway. Yeah, so yeah. obviously he had just been backstage to congratulate his cast and say happy opening, as Stephen does before a show. 
And he walks out, and suddenly it's me and Frank and Mr. Sondheim and some <laughs> beautiful, elegant woman who was with him. I don't know who it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I just want to say I love this piece so much. And happy opening, Mr. Sondheim. And he was like, thank you so much. And I was like, thank you so much. Is your life and complete? You- <laughs> and Frank, who is generally not a man a few words we're just looking at like what's happening right now Amazing. and so we just had this like the sweetest moment with mr sondheim i saw um because i could be all of your mothers i saw the original production with bernadette peters mm-hmm. and mandy patinkin most people know that soundtrack really right. well oh, um, i wore out the dvd and yeah. it was cool. just so beautiful it was vhs back then right <laughs> no i'm younger than you're, you you're a-track, you're yeah, a-track. Right. Mine, mine was the vhs and then Laser i disc? saw it a few years ago when they did another revival with that incredible British actor whose name oh, is Daniel. Daniel. We just looked it up the other day. Daniel. Not Radcliffe. No. Um, <laughs> it was Jenna uh, something and Daniel something. Else. Jenna and Daniel. But that was also a beautiful production. So yeah. I just have to say that this musical has been one of my favorite, favorite pieces ever of art in the world. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Evans. Daniel Evans, who was magnificent. Oh, I that's mean, one of the best Jenna things I've Russell, ever right? seen. Jenna Russell, And Jenna yep. Rollins. As, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, Children you guys... Children and art. <laughs> Jenna Rollins. This, this musical slays me. Uh-huh. It slays me. And I feel... Now more than ever, it couldn't be more relevant as a story to be told and to mm-hmm. be in an audience that is so appreciative of mm-hmm. art, right? Um, in previous productions, I've always found the second act, although I love so much of the music and I love the idea of like the great grand, I mean, all of it and, and Marie looking at the portrait and saying, there's mama and uh-huh. all of that is so moving. But the problem for me was always, I never related, I understood that George in the second act struggled with his art the same way his predecessor Mm -hmm. had. But it was never like, we have the George Surratt painting, right? That we know is so beautiful and that Mm -hmm. we connect to in act one. And And you watch him make it. You watch him make it and you know the piece, like whether you've seen it in a museum or in a book, like you, there's context for it. Whether it's your note cards at your house. Or Or your like impressionist art cards that you play (laughs) poker with. But they really solved in the second act, the magic of coming up with a piece of art that would be modern and in the technology age that this artist in Act 2 yeah. is dealing with. And it was so beautiful. And it just really solved for me the thing that was always hard to connect to, which I, is the art at the center of it. Yeah, the, like R2-D2 chroma loom from I, the revival. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I am So I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum for Sunny in the Park. I It is, it is not close to one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, it is my all-time favorite. I, I know. I don't really enjoy sitting through it, to be honest. Can I ask you? I have not stopped talking about it. A, because I think it's it shouldn't be surprising, but for a movie star like Jake Gyllenhaal, Annalie Ashford, like we know she's incredible and we know she's going to slay it and the supporting cast, they're brilliant. Brilliant. I've heard a couple of people say that it didn't, it doesn't resonate for them and I'm curious why. So, so 
the reason I prefaced it with the fact that it's not my favorite is because I was shocked at how much this production, this specific production, and I saw the 2008 right. production, how much this one really got to me, like in a good way. And do you think it's because you're older yes. maybe and sort of oh. your understanding of like relationships and what we give up for our work? Like what is it? I think it's all the above. I think it's I'm older. I think it was a spot on production. Act two was the greatest version of Act two I've ever seen. Um, I thought that the the actor's understanding of that content was incredible, and I've always appreciated something in the park as a outside of the box piece of work. Mm-hmm. How I have no idea how this man who you said hello to beforehand. I'm sorry, my my friend Steve. Your good friend, your friend Steve. Oh, no, I, I understand. I, yeah, because I, I can ask him for you yeah, if you want. Just text him. Um, I, do, 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 you Snapchat Steve inside him? Oh, I hope that's like how he texts. Yeah. You can't see my thumbs right now, but that's Even the next time I text. Good. It's truly uh. finishing the Snapchat. Finishing the chat. Finishing the chat. He's filtering the Snapchat. Filtering the chat. He's not going to be my friend anymore. It's truly, I think it's one of the greatest written things of all time, but I just don't, it just never got to me. Listening to the album, never, yeah. I saw this production and it did it for me. I was, it may have been like the new theater and the whole experience and the Hudson's amazing. So go, go see it. It's a beautiful theater. Um, I always like act one. Act one is always enjoyable. It usually feels too condensed. I never feel like I get to know the characters enough to empathize with them. And then all of a sudden act two is just different characters. Mm -hmm. And I never liked that. I thought that Gyllenhaal and Ashford's work in act one and the clear, clear direction of the staging as well as the internal lives of those characters was one of the best through lines of that act one I've ever seen. And I thought that act two was the clearest and most um, narratively perfect I've seen act two, especially in the way it relates to act one. Mm-hmm. And I was really blown away by this production for a show that I was anticipating thinking it was okay. James Lapine's niece is the director yeah. of the play, and I and that's a story I kind of want to know too. Oh, like I yeah. don't know much about it, but I'm right. like, and and how amazing to have that kind of legacy. There was so much like that, and Bernadette Peters Sarna? was in. Yeah, Sarna. Bernadette Peters was in the audience mm-hmm. on opening night. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so my head, I was like, now I can't really ask her yeah, out a little say, bit. I hope <laughs> I didn't tell her that. <laughs> oh, sure, she knew. I mean, it was just so. It was like, that felt like time travel, like that play you were just describing, yep. to have like Bernadette Peters right there and yeah. Annalie Ashford, right, like the whole thing was kind of... Um, Chilling with your friend Steven. Again. <laughs> Kev, you saw it too. So he did. Kevin saw, this is funny, Kevin saw the matinee before opening. Okay. I saw the evening before opening and you saw opening. So we saw the three successes. So and I have yet to like buy tickets. Together. <laughs> I know. We're all Except that it is highly featured in my wedding. Anytime so there's a high be. school musical <laughs> reference, <laughs> I, sh- I want to do a shot. We can, we well, can cheers. <laughs> cheers. We're all in this together. Cheers. I love it. I love it. That, is, that series of films are some of my favorite. Oh, yeah. I've Can't never work. seen them. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Um, uh, Sunday in the Park. I am with Alana. I think this show is brilliant, and I've always been really touched by it. Um, my only issue is the fact that uh, the beautiful Move On, which is one of the, the best written musical theater songs of all time, um, 
because we know that he was playing George Surratt in Act One, I feel like all of us kind of just transport him to that character in our head because they have that whole like we've always oh, and that's something you feel always. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Because that again, it seems like in in the song "Move On," right? It's yeah. George from Act Two, yeah, speaking with like the ghost Dot. of dot right correct but then they have it's basically like in that song they um, they almost like have their understanding of each other that they never could have that's in right. life that's right and then mm-hmm. he, it's she fantasy sings, right right yeah. and so yeah. like that's my only issue is just like that she's finally getting to like understand her lover but it's her lover in the body of her great-grandson and is that your problem always or with this production? No, that was my problem always. But oh, I mean, oh, okay. oh but with and I this, love that. But with this production, like Brian said, with how seamlessly they did everything, I didn't even think about that. It didn't bother you. Right? It, did, it didn't, it didn't stand out as this incongruous. And I would see this again, and th- that is not words I thought I would say. I worship the performances of Manny Patinkin and Bernadette Peters in this show who? because who? <laughs> Manny Patinkin. And I was a little concerned that I would go in and feel like I was watching somebody do a really great performance and of someone else's role. You did not see the revival? I, mean, I did not. I okay. did not see the Generoso revival. Right, right. It was um, so good. But I, I mean, I think they both did incredible jobs, but I think a big <laughs> Shout out needs to go to Annalie Ashford. <laughs> Sorry. Um, shout out to Annalie Ashford because not only did she bring Wait, did something like really interesting and incredible performance, but she sang it. And it was almost like I was hearing the same music I knew, but different music because yeah. she brought a completely different vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And just she mixed it a lot, which I thought was really unexpected for her, but also really beautiful in the tone of the music. And she has. A baby that's five minutes old. Seriously? So, oh, yeah. really? Emily yeah. Ashford has a new baby. She was pregnant during Rocky Horror. I think the baby oh, that's is... right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was also just as someone... I just thought about her in terms of someone who's just had a kid yeah. and, and just singing about oh. children in art and, and what, you know, what we give up um, or or how having children can change how we live, mm-hmm. right? And what our priorities are and all of that. I thought a lot about that and how many apples you eat yeah. because I have only seen Hamilton with the original cast and exactly what you described right now of people who know Bernadette so well and kind of listening to this soundtrack with Annalie Ashford now, I think people have been talking about like who have learned the Hamilton podcast. So, uh, po- uh, <laughs> But also the This cast. water is yeah. amazing. Um, all right, it's fine. Oh, we shut up. Um, I I feel like I would have that same experience because I have Renee and you know Philippa and those very specific voices Absolutely. in my head, and then to go see it with Mandy and all these amazing people. But it yeah. must feel like, wait a minute, that's a yeah. little different. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think we're all in agreement to, if anything, go just see the theater. But <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of money to go to see <laughs> the architecture. Go to the theater. <laughs> go to the theater. Stay for go the around. show. It's 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 really great. It's crazy yeah. oh, I'll how good it be is. There next week. It's really really it's great. It's crazy how good it is. But you can also, if you don't live in New York, there's a gorgeous um, scene of Jake Gyllenhaal singing mm. uh, on YouTube Fubinagua that you directed can, it with him walking down the stairs. Yes, it's beautiful. It's like the MTV video of Sunday oh, in the finishing Park. Finishing the hat. Yeah, yes. yeah, right. Yes. But it's really cool and kind of moody, and it gives yeah. you a sense of his voice oh, yeah. and the world of the oh, play. Me in college, we were obsessed with him. that video. He's an excellent. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So let's, um, you know, let's play a game and then we'll do some questions. So Ready? Yep. So ready. I have little known alternative facts. Little known alternative facts. I love it. So good. Is this true or false? Okay, great. And I made, I made some stuff up. I just looked up fun facts, and then I had little known oh, facts man. stuck in my head <laughs> because while you were Lucy on Broadway, I was Lucy in fourth grade. The same season. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was the youngest Lucy ever. That, so I was on sixth grade. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was a children's cast at that point. <laughs> but I remember the your cast album came out two weeks before our show. And I listened to it. And I was like, we're doing it wrong. We've missed all these songs. Where did all these songs come from? Mrs. Benson. I was so confused. And they were like, no, they added new songs to the revival. Wait, you weren't Peppermint Patty? No, I was Lucy. Peppermint oh, Patty is not in. In your version. In the, but in the first the, version. And, right. Yeah, she didn't exist in ours. Why in the in the version in the original the sixty seven version there was which a patty? Which one did you do? The sixty seven because the revival was like being written while we were in rehearsals. Yeah, well, but we you, were writing it for you. I know, but the original <laughs> it. the original has peppermint patty because what's her name's not in the, the new one. Oh right, peppermint patty's in the original one, but no, we had a Sally. No, you probably didn't have a Sally because Sally was was I written think, created for. For, like Andrew Lipper wrote My New Philosophy. Yeah. yeah. So because of the song, Little Known Facts. So I have Little Known Facts. All so right. I'm just going to go around and then you just yell out true or false. Got okay. It. True. And then keep track of your score. False. <laughs> 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 no, true. Those are the rules. Yay. <laughs> so again, no just random fun facts. The shortest Oscar speech ever given was by Patty Duke in 1962. She was 16 and the youngest person to accept an Oscar and she just said thank you and walked off stage. True. False. True. She's not the youngest person to accept an Oscar. It's Anna Was Packard. the youngest well, person at, at the, time, the time she was. Sorry. Okay. But the the meat of that was to get it. That, that the, was her shortest the shortest but, speech. Yeah. Okay. But how about Merritt Weaver's uh, acceptance speech oh, at, at the, the Emmys? Emmys, which was also like, I have to go. <laughs> yeah. That was the best. That's amazing. Oh man. Goodbye. I gotta I gotta go. I love her. Okay. I love her too. Okinoshima, Japan, okay. a.k.a. Rabbit Island, has thousands of wild rabbits, which began from only five that were released there in the 60s. False. True. Absolutely, maybe. It's true. <laughs> Since there are no natural predators to keep the rabbit population in check and the tourists feed them, they have no fear of people and will swarm them with cuddles. What was, <laughs> what was the name of the island before it was Rabbit Island? It just says AKA Rabbit Island. It's oh. not that Okinoshima. I'm assuming means they found the island, island and found all the rabbits on it and then named it Rabbit Island. But so they put the rabbits there. Yeah, they put the rabbits. Like they just like released some rabbits and now there are thousands of rabbits. They should do that in Brooklyn. 
just rabbits everywhere in Brooklyn. Well, Israel just has cats everywhere because so they had a mice, like they had a rodent problem, and the Brits just released cats, and the cats just keep reproducing. I'm having the craziest deja vu right now. Really? Have you ever told me that before? No. <laughs> Snow actually starts by coming up out of the ground and then swirling around in the air to appear as though it is falling from clouds. That's false. False. It comes up, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Snow comes up. <laughs> that was lost my and favorite scene. Part. Yes. Stephen King didn't tell his kids bedtime stories. He made them tell him stories. That sounds like true. That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> true. These are all facts I found on the internet. Whether they're actually true, true false, or false. or ridiculous. That is, that is ridiculous. True, false, or ridiculous. Or ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Um, Tell your kids stories, folks. Yeah. That's Eagles. Like the one thing they'll let you do. I know. <laughs> Eagles are just grown-up sparrows, like a Pokemon evolution. False. <laughs> I want, false? You know what? Everything you say sounds so smart. That I it, right? Well, I really have to think about it for a second. Yeah, good no. delivery. Did sparrows I not know that ever? Wait a minute. Are sparrows actually? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a really good liar. I have mm-hmm. my eye on it. The Great. sparrow, that is. Over 15,000 life forms have been found in the New York City subway system. True. I'm going to go with true. <clears throat> yeah, it includes insects and bacteria. Ew. That's pretty gross. New Yorkers bite 10 times more people a year than sharks. False. Oh, that's true. That's true. Definitely really? True. We're biting people? I don't know. Again, facts from the internet. If you could see her face, she's silent. She's like, oh, they found me like, out. Hi. Well, like with a check, like a little like, I'm, I'm here doing a survey. Yeah. Like, have, have you been even researched? Like, that like, was my initial thought. Like, are these people who have been bitten so hard they had to go to the hospital go to and report right. the bite? Yeah. Or is it like sexy biting? Great. But like if a shark came up and just like gave you a hickey, no, like that would be cute, way no, That's adorable. That would be so hickey? cute. Yeah. <laughs> that's completely different. That's not ridiculous at all. No. There are species of bug that just tug at the grass blades to help them grow. False. Snow comes up, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Snow comes up. Yeah, this is just like, can you do you know the lyrics to mm-hmm. this song? A flock of crows is called a murder. True. What? A murder that is of very crows? Angela Lansbury of you. <laughs> Kevin? I love her so much. I love her too. Um, so the elephant you love, you love is it? the only mammal that can't jump. What? So sad. The elephant is the only mammal that can't jump. I know they can't jump, but are they only one? Yeah, I'm going to go yeah. True. True. Sure. I mean, the internet told me so. How How do we, like, when you say can't jump? With, like, two feet at a time, probably. Because I feel like they get on the thing and well, then they get I've off the thing. I've seen them, like, do handstands. Yeah, they do But, like, a leap stunts. is different than a jump. That's I agree, true. I agree. So maybe they can, like, but no, I doubt they could even leap. I don't know. That was the... You're, you're like a Foley artist. You are, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! There's should a I take horse off my, coming. Should I take off my belt and be like the snapping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can okay, I just say we are absurdly talented? <laughs> These are all our special skills on our resume. Exactly. Or you can just take off the talented part. We're absurd. We are all absurdly. We're, absurd. well, We're all true. absurdly. True. We're all true. true yeah. <laughs> Um, the first performance of Your Good Man, Charlie Brown, was March 7th, 1967. The revival opened on that same day in 1999. I believe that is not true. That is not true. That is not true. <laughs> we all looked at you. I was like, is that no. true? Yeah, we all looked. No. But it was close enough. It was like February 4th. So I was like, I could trip Nice work. Nice work. Did anyone win? I mean, if you can get it. She won. She, I don't know. I have her, cookies her. for whoever wants one. So everyone's a winner. Okay. Everyone I'll win a cookie. So a lot of one. So she gets questions. Yay. So what's your favorite musical? 
God, that's <laughs> literally like asking me to choose my favorite and we're child. Tell all you the, can do that too. We're going to tell <laughs> all the other musicals. Which one? Which, which one? one you chose? We're going to tell the other musicals. Yeah, we're going to let them all know. Okay, we can just I, tell Donna Murphy because she's in every one. Yeah, we'll just tell I, Donna Murphy. She'll spread the word. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. I mean, I mean, as much as I cannot wait for Hello Dolly, I cannot <clears throat> wait for that that Tuesday, Tuesday, that Tuesday night, night yeah. that she's going to do. Um, okay, so falsettos. Mm. is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to... I mean, there are so many that have been revived recently that I love, but I have to say, I found myself at Fiddler on the Roof this in the last theater season, and I just was reminded of um, what it's like to be in something that is so insanely universal and that resonates today sort of because of what's going on in our world politically. Mm-hmm. So... Fiddler on the Roof remains one of my favorite, favorite musicals. Um, but I didn't know that until I saw it again. Yeah. I don't know if that makes That's any awesome. sense. It, it does. It no, absolutely it does. does. No, I love um, that production. But I do. I do. But I, I really can't choose. I loved Spring Awakening and I love, I mean, the chorus line was one of like, like when I think about like I can sing every song and everyone is amazing and the way they made that musical. So... Um, yeah. Company is amazing. Do you guys love amazing. Company? Oh, so like, can you sing all Mine that? Mine is definitely Into the Woods. I'm it's, failing. I'm sorry, no, you guys. No. I love musicals so much. Oh, yeah. That I just, I can't. I can't. You'd have to shoot me. You'd literally have to <laughs> shoot me in the head. So, I, I, before we play another game, I want to hear more about uh, your good man, Charlie Brown. Okay. Um, I know your, your kind of career up until that point in terms of a Broadway career had been plays mm-hmm. like Last Night of Ballyhoo, mm-hmm. which I love. Me too. I love that So play. much. Me too. And then all of a sudden, here you are, you're Lucy in a good man, Charlie Brown with, you know. People who have done musicals before. But like. <laughs> And like, but not just like people with the musicals, but like true veterans of not only theater, but of life changing theater. Right. So like. So let me just say that like everyone on the planet. My question is, go. I love Rent. I loved Rent. Yeah. So much. And knew that that cast album backwards and forwards. And that was a soundtrack for my life for a long time. Yeah. Right. Like there were, I'd be driving and I'd be each one of those characters at different times in my mind. So. Getting Charlie Brown is just this strange one-off in my life, and I've always said to people, like, if you ever get a chance to do a Broadway musical, say yes. Like, it really could have been, like, (laughs) do you want to, you know, if you buy, stay one night in this hotel, you get a tour of, like, you know, you get a condo. I don't know. It was just, it was so outside of my um, reality until that point. I had done a play. I'd been a part of a theater company in New York called Naked Angels for a long time, and there are amazing people that have come out of that company all of whom you know, from Joe Mantello to Matthew Broderick to Rob Morrow to Gina Gershon, like a Marissa Tomei, like a very fancy group of artists who most of whom had gone to college together. And I kind of snuck in through the back door uh, in one of their plays. And they ended up, a lot of these people becoming my New York family that you make when you start coming to do plays in New York City. And Michael Mayer had seen me in a play that Michael Greif had directed at Naked Angels called Machinal, where I played a telephone operator, which mostly what I remember is I would have like this kind of old-fashioned switchboard thing. I'd be like, hello, hello, yes, yeah. Mr. Vulcan, we'll put you right through. And wasn't a musical, but it was a character that was kind of very Judy Holiday yeah. in, in spirit. Totally. Um, and so 
it's sort of interesting for for people listening. Like you just never know. You do a piece of work, and and it somehow lives on in people's minds, even if you don't even know it is. Because mm-hmm. many years later, um, Jay Binder is a casting director who cast the four shows on Broadway that I was in. Like once Jay Binder retires. I'll move to Texas. It won't matter. <laughs> it's been, he's been a wonderful fan to have. And when I got a call that Michael Mayer wanted me to come in for a, you're a good man, Charlie Brown from Jay Binder. I was like, I don't sing like that's wonderful, but there's no way I'm going in. And Jay called me back and was like, you know what he knows, you know, we're really looking for someone with a quality that Michael's looking for and comedic talent and can you carry a tune? And I was like, I can carry a tune. Anyway, I worked so hard with um, a teacher named Stephen Lutvak, who went on to write A Gentleman's Guide to Love yeah. and Murder, ironically. But at the time, so he did his own work, but he was coaching people. And he helped me find this song um, from Willy Wonka, Veruca's song, I Want It All, yeah. which was kind of a, I don't care how I want it now, like a mm-hmm. perfect nasal <laughs> screaming song that had all of the qualities emotionally. What a good audition song for Genius song. Yeah. And, and it is, I mean, they're the same character. Yeah. One with money, one without, yeah, I yeah. guess. <laughs> um, and Stephen actually played for me at my auditions. And, you know, it was very heady. I walked into the waiting room at 890 mm. Broadway, which meant nothing to me, but that's where people do Broadway rehearsals for shows uh-huh. and everyone there was like i was like oh my god that's i know her from that show and i know judy Kuhn. like it was so heady and hilarious that i was even there and yeah. i remember walking in and just saying i'm singing on broadway right now it might be <laughs> like, everything was like this it was so out of my world i yeah. didn't really understand what was happening it's amazing it was amazing it turned out andrew lippa kind of played some notes on the piano and i could follow them but honestly and truly, what got me through that show is Kristen Chenoweth uh, taught me how to be in a musical. She would warm me up every night before the show. She would kind of walk Oh, that's me who taught you how to be in a musical? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and, and you have to remember, that is when she became a household mm-hmm. yeah. name. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like, to be honest, I was cast as the lead woman in that show. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, my dressing room was on the first floor and hers was on the sixth floor until yeah. suddenly and, I was like, yeah, yeah you want to switch? Because yeah. really, <laughs> it's hard for people to come see you right this way, Mr. Gandhi, whoever was coming. <laughs> um, do you want to rest? I would like hand people like cups of water, like just seven more, seven more floors and you'll be up to the queen's dressing room. But it was really seriously, all of this to get back to rent though. When I found out that I got it, of course I was like, there's been a terrible mistake and I didn't, I was too, I didn't want to do it. And the role goes to Moonlight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was like, I'm in La La Land. (laughs) I, you know, it, it's all well and good until you actually have to go be in a Broadway musical. And, yeah. you know, I felt like I'd won the walk on, but I was actually supposed to do it every single night. <laughs> all of which is to say that Anthony Rapp would warm up on many a night using songs from Rent because they were sort of where they fell in his voice vocally worked uh-huh. for Charlie Brown. And 
just to be in my little dress. Like, I would pretend to warm up because I didn't really, like, no, what you you, like yeah, I'm going to warm up. And I'd be eating, like, chocolate and drinking milk and, like, <laughs> talking on the phone. Yeah, and all like, the dairy. Like, oh, mucus? Is that not, oh, not dairy? Like, I had no idea anything. I'd be like, la, 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 ready? Um, <laughs> You know, literally just like, oh, I guess I should use hot steam like BD does. Like literally had no idea. So I would listen to how each of them warmed up and kind of mimic it a little bit. Um, And all of this is apparent on the cast recording. There's nothing I'm saying that isn't clear when you listen to it, that there are some major singers on the record and me. But I would just hear him singing Mark Cohen songs the whole time. And I literally was like, how is this? Happening. Yeah. How is this my life? And I got to meet a world of Broadway theater fans, and they are the most magnificent mm. people on the planet. Michael Mayer and Jerry Mitchell and Andrew Lippa promised me that I would seem like someone who should be in this show. And I feel like at the end of the day, I will never mm-hmm. have the vocal stylings of Kristen or Stanley Wayne Mathis or B.D. Wong or Roger mm-hmm. Bart or Anthony Rapp. But I feel like I understood what Charles Schultz wanted to do mm-hmm. with with this with these kids who were really all of us, and it was a really really magical time in my life. Yeah. And those that cast is my family to this yeah, day. Yeah. I love them deeply. I would give kidneys, arms, limbs, ten dollars, like if they needed it. Uh, just ten. Just ten. Yeah. Um, so it was very special. And that's and, amazing. Yeah. Let's, let's play a game. Let's go into a game. Yeah. Okay. Show cards. Great. Show cards. Lights of Broadway. Do I need to put my glasses on? Am I going to have to read something? No. Okay. No. Unless, can you read like the name underneath? Okay. Well, we'll just tell you who it is. Okay. <laughs> um, does everyone grab a Jake show Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Does he have one? Buy me a coke. I don't think so. Thing. Okay. So everyone grab a card from the question bucket. Okay. And then we're going to play two truths and a lie about the cards. So either like as the card you drew or like make up fun facts about that person. But two are true and one is a lie. And we will each have to guess. And as we've learned, I'm a good liar. So. Two truths and a lie about this person. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you lead us off. Cool. I have Elaine Stritch. Elaine Stritch was born on Groundhog Day. Elaine Stritch lived in the Carlisle Hotel from 2005 to 2013. And Elaine Stritch finally won a Tony Award for Elaine Stritch at Liberty after being nominated four other times. Um, The false is the first one you said. Her birthday is not Groundhog's Day. It is actually Groundhog Day. Did you lie about the date she lived in the Carlisle? I did not lie about the date she lived in the Carlisle. So she didn't win a Tony She won a Tony, but she was only nominated three times before that. Oh, semantics. Wow, Kevin. That was... That's very tricky. (laughs) It's very good wine. That's good wine from your dad. (laughs) I have Darren Chris. Ooh. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's see... Bring it on, Darren. Yeah. Darren spells his name with two R's. He does. And two S's, but no H. Truth. And or Chris. Two truths and a lie. Done. You're yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Dare and Chris played Harry Potter and Star Kids musical production of a Very Potter musical. Dare and Chris began the national tour of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And Dare and Chris went to high school with my friend Haley. I think that... Think the, I think the high school is a lie. Nope. They went to high school together. He was on Broadway in Hedwig. He didn't do the tour. No. He did do the tour. He did? Did I, did I accidentally say a truth? maybe he didn't start it off. Maybe he wasn't the no, first. No, he did it on the Broadway, but I don't but know he, No, he, he was the on the tour. But was he the first one? He may have been. Oh, did I make up a truth by accident? I think you did. That's oh. so cool when that happens. That's really funny. <laughs> All right, so then... Um, hold on, hold on. Um, Darren can speak Korean... French and French. False. He only speaks French once. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) He can speak Italian, German, Portuguese, French, Filipino, and some Japanese. Who is this kid? It's Darren Chris. That's that's exhausting. Two R's, two S's. Two R's, two S's. No H. Okay. I have Robert Morse. Yes. Robert Morse recently starred in the front page on the Broadway. Stid. (laughs) (laughs) he was on Mad Men and he fathered five children when he was over 60 years old wow he was in Mad Men was he in front page I think actually I didn't see it I I think he only had like two kids over 60 over 60 (laughs) um that is right. I don't know anything about him having children over a certain age. Yes. Or any but that was them, believable. That, that was, was really good. Because it looked like you were reading That's it. That's exactly why I thought that. You acted. You made me. I was in a Broadway otherwise. musical. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter right. Right. All right, Brian. I have John Raitt. Oh, yeah. how handsome. Um, John Raitt auditioned for Oklahoma in front of Rodgers and Hammerstein. That's true. And they cast him on the spot. Because he did the... Time to dry, kind of long, you, Sorry. you won't let me go guess, through all three of mine, I guess, Kevin? I guess, <laughs> well, that one's true. Okay. I guess that's Brian. true. <laughs> if not, then you guys have set us up so beautifully. <laughs> yeah, it was a tag team. That's why they were Whoa. looking at their phone and like, texting <laughs> underneath. Like, I want guys. you to do that whole thing. Number two. Sure. Number two is that he was um, he was so dedicated to summer stock and bringing theater to people outside of New York that he did twenty five consecutive years of summer stock, and he's actually a he's actually he went to school for it to be a tenor, um, but he was his voice was so much in the baritone range. In addition, that's what he's more known for. That one's a lie. <laughs> choose like i'm gonna go to school to be a soprano but i'm an alto well he didn't choose to go with that but like that's what he trained for because the last one was a lie it was a lie yeah what's the craziest thing you've on stage what's the craziest thing that you've seen happen in the audience oh 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 well when i was doing the last night of ballyhoo the alfred Urie play that mm-hmm. you enjoyed um it was when those lasers came out like laser yeah. pointers oh yeah laser pointers yes, like for your cat right and someone decided like i know my son is too young for this show he might get bored i'm gonna bring a laser pointer for him to play with during oh, the play my gosh and when i was in the show i had a carol shelley was once my there were different women actresses playing my mom at different points so mm-hmm. it was first carol shelley and then it was kelly bishop of Gilmore Girls fame. Yes, Emily. Lorelai's mother. Um, I would have died. And I am in a scene with her, and True. I look at her, 
and I see oh, a no. laser on her head. I was like, there, someone's about to Assassinate have you. target <laughs> I was like, what's happening? And she sees me looking panicked. And right when I'm like, how do I like do sign language or some way to be like, there's a green laser right on your forehead and I'm scared you're going to get shot in the head in a minute. Right as I'm trying to figure out, like, what do I do right now? Clearly it switched because then it's on my forehead. It suddenly went. Oh, and I see. So now I'm like, I know she why knows she's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking that That's way. That's amazing. So we both have this moment. Luckily the curtain's about to come down and Kelly Bishop was like, I'm not going out for act two. Until you find whoever has that laser yeah. and you get them out. And that was, I mean, I've heard people throwing up and there have been times where that same play where they had to stop and you heard, is there a doctor in the house? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the other thing is I was doing a play called My Name is Asher Lev, which clearly brought like a certain older audience to matinees yeah. um, because that's who knew the original book. My name right. is Ashraf. Yeah. And I, I heard, I was like, why are we so delayed? And stage manager came back and I'm like, we're so sorry. But um, someone has set up their lunch on the lip of the stage. And we're going to just wait a minute as they take their picnic off the stage and they put it back into the bag and walk out of the theater. And you just, all of a sudden, so we go upstairs to kind of peek through the curtain to find out what you do. <laughs> oh my God. And you just see that man like... I'm just going to take up a little space. It's just a little space for my... Literally, he had taken out, like, his entire Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket. He had, like, the mashed potatoes and the little biscuit and the plate. He's like, no. And he didn't understand, like, no, we don't mean move it over to the corner of the stage. (laughs) We mean leave. And then they explained that they would hold it for him till after the show. And he was like, there's no intermission. They're like, no. He's like, no. that. He left. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he was so upset that he, he wanted couldn't that chicken. Ha- I understand. I'm just, I'm just taking up a little corner of the stage. Oh, he, just his chicken. he was right. What is the big deal? What is the big deal? It's just chicken. Just a little corner <laughs> of the stage. Could you imagine? But I think that brings us to the end of our episode. It does. It does. Um, first, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, seriously. Thank you so much. But uh, we end every episode with a quote to wrap it up. So today's quote is, with you, I could learn to. With you, what a new day. But who can I turn to if you turn away? It's, uh, who can I turn to from Roar of the Grease Print and the Smell the of the Crowd? Print? The Grease Print? The Grease Print? Grease Print? The Smell of the <laughs> That's beautiful. Turn into Blues Clues. That's the idea, right? I love Blues Clues. So good. Well, I mean, that quote was beautiful, but to end with Blues Clues actually is really poignant. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's the mail, it never fails. <laughs> It makes me want to wag my tail. When, when it comes, comes I want to yell. That sounds exactly like... It's Sondheim. Sondheim wrote the music for Blues Clues, you guys. It's the chair. Magenta, magenta, magenta. Guys, this was... Oh, thank fun. you so much. Thank you so much um, for having me. Of course. Don't forget you can follow her um, at Little Known Facts on Facebook as well as Instagram. And then her name, Alana Levine, uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Um, yeah. You can go to iTunes and follow, uh, subscribe, excuse me, to her. You can also, while you're on iTunes, 
you might as well stop by Broad Wasted and subscribe to us. Um, you can also find us at Broad Wasted on all social media. You can go to our website um, and um, troll Kevin at uh, Jager Kev or whatever it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, thank you so much. And we end every episode with our favorite cadence from one of the greatest songs of all time. Sure. <laughs> Zip you up, Bob. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. I've had toothpaste on my shirt all day. Wait, really? I just noticed. <laughs> we have to start again. Yeah. <laughs> Hello <laughs> and welcome. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Broadway Wasted. I'm Alana Levine. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.